Welcome to the Fuss Marketing Podcast. We're uh, very happy to have you guys on today. Um, this is going to be a unique one for us. <laughs> My name is Kevin Riley. I'm the CEO and founder of Fuss Marketing, so we'll get the intro out of the way here. Uh, I'm joined by Micah Eberman, who is our creative director on Fuss Marketing. And um, we just wanted to kind of take a day to hit a bunch of different topics. We're going to talk a little bit about agencies. We're going to talk a little bit about process. We're going to talk a little bit about marketing and branding. Um, we have my dog Roman here hanging out with us today. The we, mascot. Yeah, we fed the chickens this morning. He's exhausted, so you hear him rustling around. Um, my apologies, but I think we'll we'll dive into it. I think um, we're going to kick it off today with some uh, some articles that Micah pulled up this morning from Ad Age, which kind of got us thinking a little bit about the overall process between agencies and clients and. It's something that we've delved into um, quite deeply when we started FUSS and um, it's something that we're very interested in and you know, I think we have certain opinions about how the world is changing between clients and agencies and what that means for marketing and branding going forward. And so uh, again, thanks for hanging out with us today and we'll, we'll get started. And just a little bit of history. Um, so it, how long have you been on the uh, client side of things? Oh, uh, probably almost 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. Okay. So I've had about the same amount on the agency side. Yeah. Uh, except for a few years uh, on the client side, but 17 plus years on the agency side. And in fact, if we go in the way back machine, I was at <laughs> the an way, agency way back machine. Yeah, that serviced you. You were my client that for is, a little while. That is true. Yeah. yeah. So when you were at Miller Coors, I was at an agency called Full dun, House. Dun, dun, dun. So um, that's actually how we got to know each other. And then years later, reconnected here in the Minneapolis area. Yeah, but I think it'd be good. Why don't you give people a little bit of background of where you came from and, and who, you, who you've worked with in the past? Sure, sure. Um, so all this, I guess, is uh, scattered throughout my LinkedIn a little bit. But um, I've been at several agencies uh, of varying sizes in the uh, Milwaukee area, the New York-ish uh, area. Um, so smaller agencies, Full House and uh, GS Design in uh, the Milwaukee area, even Hoffman York, uh, a little bit bigger. They have offices in uh, Milwaukee and Chicago. Um, but I was also at RGA uh, working on Verizon, Verizon Wireless, uh, their digital retail team in New York, and then helping to uh, open up the Chicago office um, a handful of years back. Uh, so... I've kind of seen it, uh, and even in my start was you know just a little two three person shop and kind of grew from there. So I've been in the two three person shop, the thirty to fifty to eighty size shop, and then the thousands. <laughs> so uh, there's quite a bit of difference from place to place, but there's always sort of this connective tissue of the agency experience um, from being severely overworked uh, to the point that uh, you know I've read news stories and. Uh, people have actually like over caffeinated and stimulated and died after <laughs> right. like 80 plus it's hour not weeks. Funny. Not no, funny. it's not, but it's like that shared experience, especially when you're younger, you really get put through the ringer. Um, and I think that's backing off a little bit, maybe a little bit. Some cultures are saying, you know what, there's uh, diminishing uh, results the more you push yourself. So you want people fresh, you want them smart, you want them working their best. 
and you don't want to burn them out. It costs more to recruit people, everything else. So let's not burn our people out, right. which is good. And it's an incestuous business, right? So very much. Once so. they get burned out at one place, they're usually jumping ship to some other place, and it starts all over again. Oh maybe yeah, at a higher level, but. It's it's pretty consistent across most of the major groups, right? Yes, it's very round robin esque, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's uh, you end up knowing everybody, and and at times it is good to refresh, you know, if you've worked on the same business for years and years, it's good to have a new challenge, it's good to have fresh minds on your business, right? Um, but uh, there is something to being part of a culture, creating a culture, and and the attractiveness of that agency as they service a piece of business and and matching up with that client, the values, what they're looking for with a particular brand, with uh, the, the the larger overall company. Right. So there's definitely something of value there. But something uh, that really caught my eye um, came out April 2nd uh, this year on AdAge, uh, the new pitch process, shorter, faster, better. So going into this, I only gave you the biggest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Had a has a Daft Punk feel to it. It does very much so. Um, Now I haven't told you a whole uh, lot about this. We can't afford them for the intro. No, no. Well, not without getting severely fined. So, uh, 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 so I you haven't read this article, um, but I'd like to bounce a bit of it off you. So seeing your perspective and maybe hearing a little uh, a bit of your stories. So. The story starts out, and of course anybody can find this on, on AdAge, that uh, Domino's went looking for a new Hispanic agency. Okay. Um, so they were looking for certain agency uh, employees uh, to be at pitch meetings, and what they wanted was, we want to see the team that's actually going to be working on our business. We don't just want the top people, right. even if they're junior, the people you plan to put on a business, we want to meet them. Yeah. You know, because all too often what happens is the RFP goes out, the agency that's really hungry, they put their best people, their top people on it. They create the uh, the stunning PowerPoint keynote presentation. Yep. And you see those senior people for a while, and then as the relationship goes, if you do select them, they kind of like drop off and drop off and drop off because inevitably they can't afford to be on that business or they have to be stretched across multiple businesses. Right. And you have your core team, which is great. Maybe that was planned all along, but you haven't met them. Yeah. You don't know what they're doing. Right. So, um, I think this is a fairly typical experience for most people that hire agencies in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's shocking to anybody that the pitch team is, is usually different than, than the work team. No. Um, I think, where the buyer's remorse comes in is for the cl- from the client side is always, you know, you're a few months in, you've been working with this team, things seem to be going well, or you're finding your footing and and how you work together, um, and then there there usually is a point where there's just a general lack of experience on the agency side or knowledge of the of the client's business that that always pushes things to a head. And I think the frustration point is on both sides. I think from the client side, there's always a general feeling like, God, I wish the agency knew more about my business. I wish they had asked me more strategic questions. I wish they understood how we go to market and what impact this actually has on volume and revenue and profit. Um, 
And on the agency side, I think, you know, there's a probably a, a frustration of why doesn't the client help us understand more about this business so yep. that we can be better. Yep. And that comes down to how are you briefing? How are you assigning work? How are you setting the agency up for success? And so there's this gap, this, you know, this, this bridge to cross between the two. And, you know, I think it's interesting um, that I believe the models are changing now. And, you know, that's why we started FUSS was to, was to come up with a different model. But, you know, I think this article starts to, starts to get at a, a few things that, that are part of, part of those key issues. And mm -hmm. the request for proposal process um, <laughs> is, is an interesting place to just start to pull the taffy a little bit and see where, where the issues are. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, one thing, having been on the agency side of business, and, and there's, a, actually, I'd like to back up to that gap. Uh, what's interesting is um, so many times, and I've heard, uh, I'm sure you've heard this from any size agency that's worked with you, is I'll bet they've said the word partner. They want to be your partner over and over and over of course. again. And that's like an ideal situation. But a partner works closely together. But what I found is there's always that mark of delineation of us and them. And uh, it's exactly that sort of chasm between understanding the business side of things versus just the purely creative strategic marketing sides of things. Right. So, so often agencies rarely get to see the exact results of their work. They don't get to see exactly the budgets that are coming because a lot of clients either they can't get the info from the higher ups or whatever, but uh, when it comes to budgeting, like they can't see down the road. They don't, yeah, they don't know want what to, to count to on. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, for lack of a better term, the, tran the transparency that would come through in a, in a true partnership would mean that you are actually just an internal agency working for the group. So if you are external, there is going to be some line of demarcation between the agency and the client. And I have seen that moment where as a client, I've called an agency a vendor and broke, broken their hearts yep. and watched the, watch their faces drop. And, you know, it's not intentional, but it's also putting some boundaries around the relationship. Mm -hmm. um, I think every agency would love to be considered a partner, uh, you know, or as close to a true partner as possible. And so I wonder, you know, as, as we see the model start to change, um, how you can effectively do that. What, what is true partnership? Mm -hmm. And I guess, you know, we could open up Webster's dictionary and kind of dig through it, but, <laughs> um, without actually doing that, right. you know, I think it's, it's good fodder for the discussion. Yeah, it always seems to be like a game of poker. You know, what are you hiding? Right. What's coming down the road? You're actually looking at other agencies. You're trying to bring the price down. You know, your boss isn't happy, but you're trying to protect them. Or right. You're trying yeah. to shovel them out, you know. Right. And, and Especially if you were the one that, one that hired them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, your reputation is on the line. So Well, that's big. Right. That's big. I... I especially junior people, I don't feel appreciate, you know, they say, oh, we did such great work. Why don't they listen to us? Why aren't they like going for it with this thing that I made? It's so great and it's going to win tons of awards and I want to go to con and everything. Um, can con. Um, but that's the thing. Their job is on the line. 
sales are on the line. You right. know, it's it's more than just a great idea. It's does this idea move units? Yes. Does this idea accomplish our goals? And I think having that that uh, that divide and not totally seeing the uh, effects of what you're doing, having that that gray area. Maybe that's not the same for all agencies, but I know a lot of at least sort of the B agencies. Maybe they're not doing the lead things, but they're building the sites or they're doing the right. B2B marketing yeah. or whatever. They're not seeing the other side of the fence. You know, so how effective can they be? Uh, yeah, but they've effectively set themselves up as more of a vendor type of resource. And so there's work project A that needs to get done. There's, you know, budget B that we're going to put against it. We're going to go through some creative revisions. But at the end of the day, there's a very clear delineation between the start and the finish of the project. Mm -hmm. I think where it gets messy is, you know, we talked about this a lot off podcast about the agency of record model. Yeah. And you started the podcast by talking about how overworked the agencies are. And I don't disagree or, or I, I agree with you. Probably a better way to put that. Um, but I think that comes hand in hand with an AOR model where you've effectively bought a workforce. Yes a creative workforce. And one of the things I, I realized over the years as a client was that a lot of the strategy and the intention of what we were trying to do needed to be built from the inside. And it doesn't mean that we didn't need help there or that we didn't seek guidance and counsel and consultation from our agency partners. But the agencies that I most typically worked with weren't as strong in the agent, or, sorry, in the strategic portion, because that's not the work that we were asking them for. It wasn't because they couldn't do it. Right. It was because we couldn't do creative from the client side. Mm -hmm. you know, we didn't know how to build out a website. We didn't know how to think artistically about the expression of our brand. And while we had opinions on it, as all clients do, there were things that we just didn't have in-house uh, or the ability to do, bring in-house from a budget standpoint. And therefore, you know, it creates this dynamic where the strategy is coming from the client and they're hiring a workforce to try and develop and create the vision and the expression of what that strategy is. And it becomes a churn and burn model. Mm -hmm. And inevitably at the end of the year, when you look back over the, over the contract and the workload, you've shifted it five or six times. The hours have moved all around. We can get into a debate about the hours model. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but nobody feels satisfied. Right. The agency didn't get enough time probably thinking strategically about how to move the business and felt like they weren't listened to. And on the client side, they just felt like they churned and burned a bunch of, of you know, quote unquote vendor, you know, uh, creative projects to get their stuff out and didn't feel like they truly had a partner. But it's there's fault on both sides. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, the thing that I think we've certainly tried to do um, and in past lives I've seen really work and it seems so obvious and you know maybe it's being done more and more is certainly from the agency side there used to be like i don't know this madman era sort of we're handing down the creative from on high you know we are the giants we are the award winners. You're saying the agency is doing that. Yes. 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 They're handing the creative idea down. <laughs> you know, just like brands used to 
do the messaging and do the product and all the speaking from on high. And there was no like two way conversation like there is now with social media and and such. Uh, it was like, this is our message down from on high. And creative is like sort of that ego, like, hey, we're the creative ones. You're the like dudes, the, the you know, the OK business squares that suits. Yeah, you're the suits. <laughs> That that can't think creatively, and you brought us in to save your ass and whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Which, you know, so just you know, just listen to us and let us win some awards and and right. everything. But right. um, the most success I've seen, and it is like the client, the agency in a room with a whiteboard. That's like some of the best work that's ever turned out. Um, that I've seen, and it's having those minds in the room and a respect for what each brings to the table. No, the agency folks may not know your business as well as you do, but they know marketing. They know how to translate ideas, generally, if you get a good good team. Um, and so having the client voice to just directly be that voice of the business and the voice of the uh, the end solutions, you know, is paramount to success. I right. think because no one's going to know your business better than you. No one's going to know your goals better than you. So if you have too much of that demarcation, I give you the brief. Now come back with something, as opposed to let's work this out yeah. in a room. So I have, I have, yeah, I think multiple opinions on this because from the client side. I always just wanted to do that. Just come into the room, we'll talk through it, we'll write out the notes, especially as we talked about specific projects, whether it was a RFP or you know, an agency of record uh, model where you were trying to deliver different creative throughout the process. You know, it was always much easier, like, let's just get on a phone call, you guys come over, we'll sit and talk through it, and you'll you'll get the gist of where we're going. Because right. that's easy for the client. They don't yeah. have to sit down and spend, you know, the two or three hours kind of literally writing through the RFP, um, thinking about the brief model, um, coming up with a brief model, <laughs> depending on who the, uh, right. who the company was. Um, you know, that was always the biggest pain in the ass of the client. But having now gone over to the other side, and starting to try and build a new model and a new way of thinking of this, some level of direction on paper is nice. So yeah. I'm changing my tunes, uh, my tune a little bit, <laughs> which is what happens when you get different experiences. Right. But you know, I, I think if you have a client that's that's fairly organized in what they want and has a clear vision, you know, I think you can get there. But there is there is a need for some level of outline and some level of process that gets a deliverable back because one of the other things that, you know, from a client side that you want is to be able to quantify the results of what you're doing. Yes. So if I'm buying service X from agency Y, I want to be able to know how many units that's going to deliver at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Sometimes it's really hard and fast numbers, and sometimes it's overall, did you move the brand? You know, did the health metrics improve? Did you, was your strategy better? Um, you know, did you attract, in general, uh, more positive feedback from your consumer group? But all of those have numbers attached to them, and all of them can be, all of them have dollars that can be associated with them if you, if you do it properly. Mm -hmm. So... You know, one of the things that agencies have to think about it, it, now in a, in a new model is, 
yes, partnership is good. And yes, understanding the business is great. But can you pitch yourselves in a way that shows immediate value from the first meeting to the last meeting that you have with them? Mm -hmm. um, and therefore, that protects not only the client from with their investment that they've made, not only in the brand or the brand plan, but also the agency resources that they've used. Absolutely. And I, I think setting that up in the very beginning and establishing that as the relationship, as opposed to something you jerry-rig partway or, you know, what have you, understanding that, okay, this is how we're going to do it. You know, let's get you either get you off the clock. This is your retainer. If you exceed expectations, you know, we've sold, we've made more money. You can make more money. If yeah, you bonus structures. don't meet. Yeah, exactly. And, and this is how we're going to measure it. You know, so that everyone agrees. Because I think if you do that, that changes how the agency approaches the business as opposed to, well, we stick to what we know right. versus, okay, let's look at it this way. You know, how do we move, you know, be more efficient with our time? Yeah. How do we get to those goals earlier? And I think, you know, as far as having, you know, those people in the room together, um, you know, I've always found, at least from our side, uh, we've kind of taken a us versus them, not exactly us versus them, but like almost like being at a bar trading drinks, you know, and say, oh, yeah, I've been through everybody has their war stories. <laughs> but uh, uh, when when the client is part of the process, it feels a little less us versus them. And if you have good strategy or like experience design, which is something we bring to the table. Um, it's, it's almost like, I'd say a good agency can almost be like the therapist who draws out the inspiration, who draws out what the client is looking for, what they know, what they didn't know they know, right? and pulls that out to the forefront so everybody <laughs> understands it. Um, and I think that's why some clients need to write briefs more than others. Some people have a clear picture in their head and can express that very clearly to the agency and then go, got it. This is what we heard. Is this what you said? Okay, let's run. Right. As opposed to, you know, the sort of show me a rock, you yeah. know, no, here's a rock. No, that's not the rock I'm talking about. Here's a rock. No, it's got to be a different shape. You know, like that is the most frustrating thing on the planet. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to screw around like that. So uh, briefs can be good. But part of that is, and we just kind of pulls us back to the, the pitch team versus the work team. The thing that captures clients' imagination and, you know, the idea of the potential of working with an outside resource, a creative agency or, you know, a retail agency, whatever it is, strategic agency, is they they feel that connective moment in the pitch and say, these guys really get it. They understand we're speaking the same language or using the same words. I trust this. When the workforce comes in and starts to actually develop the work and the handoff happens inevitably at some point, you know, that's where it starts to break down. Now all of a sudden this person doesn't get it. I'm not speaking the same language. This is taking too long and the frustration starts to set in on both sides. So mm -hmm. that leads you down the, the path of, Okay, so what is what is the right model? Because right. you can't be a large scale agency and have your your sales slash pitch teams constantly working the accounts, unless you're just a really small agency. Mm -hmm. And then potentially you're running into okay, well, how do they effectively get the work done? What are their resources? How do they how do they work for me? And I think that's 
that's kind of the space that we're in now, which is the larger scale agencies realize they have to come up with a more bespoke model. The smaller agencies realize that they have to have a better way to to um, activate and pull in in resources. And I, I think it's leading us more to a model where you're customizing the approach. You're you're really thinking deeply in the in the RFP process about what does this client actually need? I think you have to ask smarter questions about what the deliverables will look like um, and worry less about whether creatively you can get there. Hopefully that trust factor is there from prior experience or, or work that you've shown um, or ways that you've, you've pitched, you know, whatever the idea is that you're going in for. But the idea of being able to say, these are the five people that are going to work on your business. These are the people that are going to be on your business from start to finish. These are the project deliverables that we're going to tackle for you. This is the cost of that. And this is what we believe it can return on the business. And, you know, whether that's a, a bonus-based model or it's just an incentive to complete um, the work, whatever it, whatever it is, it mm-hmm. has to be worked for every single client. And I'm not saying that people haven't done that in the past. I'm just saying that it's, I think that's more of where larger scale agencies and larger scale brands are going to go in the future. And I think the you know, we've seen multiple articles and I've posted a ton of them about, you know, the model is moving underneath everybody's feet now. And mm-hmm. you're seeing consulting agencies, you know, old school, yeah. you know, consulting agencies coming in and hiring creatives to come in and, and bolster up their skill sets there because they realize they can bring the strategic portion and they work on project-based models. Right. You have a problem with your business. We're coming in to help you answer the questions and solve that. And we're going to give you an assessment and we're going to give you a recommendation, and then you can hire us for more if you want us to implement it. But they're very logical, and, and they have a process of how to do it. The creative agency side and the brand and marketing agency sides have not typically followed that model. So they're kind of starting to mesh together now. And you know, I think, I think that's where we're going. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's just bolstered by the amount of press that those ideas have gotten, you know, whether it's been an ad week or ad age or whatever. Right, right. Um, just to kind of wrap up the RFP, uh, part where we started and before we move on to any other, uh, like areas here, um, a couple things that I, I liked that I read in the article, um, one, um, a quote from, by the way, let's give, let's give this, let's give them some props here. Uh, EJ Schultz, EJ Schultz at ad age. Nice. Yeah. So (laughs) yeah, it gave us something to think about today. Um, There was a quote from Joanne Davis, who is the founder of agency search firm Joanne Davis Consulting. Um, So what she says is, you're not hiring the agency necessarily. You are hiring the team within the agency. So let's sit down and have a conversation and see if we think alike, as opposed to 14 people standing up putting on a Broadway production. So uh, what she's advocating is, instead of this months-long process and coming up with this crazy assignment and everything and um you know asking for free work that's a completely different thing you know and that that could be a podcast unto itself um which hopefully is is lessening more and more i know less agencies are participating in that kind of thing but you know let's find some agencies let's sit down with them let's have a few meetings at their offices let's go to lunch, let's meet with the people on my team, on your team, see if we gel, see the work they do. And then the second part that, um, you know, I had a few experiences like this um, in sort of the, 
uh, RFP process, but you know what? Let's spend some money and do a little project together. Or let's spend some money and understand that you are pouring resources into telling us if you can solve our problem, let's give you a stipend. Yeah. You know, uh, I can remember did a pitch for Gatorade. They were totally classy, you know, paid for uh, our pitch. And I, I know they paid for others. And, right. Um, it's understanding that, yes, these agencies are hungry, but if you really want good work from a really respectable firm, you have to understand that they are a business, that they have limited resources or, you know, can only put in so much time. Yeah. So let's do a project together. Right. You know, to me, that says that shows this is how we think. This yeah. is these are the questions we ask you. Some of the best job interviews I've ever gone on is when somebody's asked me to literally do a project for them, even though I was being hired into corporate. Right. What do you think about our digital execution? What do you think about our overall brand positioning statement? Um, what are your thoughts on it? How would you change it? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's 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 labor intensive, but it's quick labor intensive, and right. it's um, you know there's a short window. You know, I think also the other thing you touched on is you know some of the best job interviews I've ever I think ever given or 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 have been a part of where I've been being interviewed is you know like let's get out of the office let's go walk let's mm -hmm. go see where our product is sold let's you know let's stroll and go see some places that were not sold um, you know the idea of, of being able to spend some significant amount of time with somebody that's not in a formal presentation space um, will allow you to really understand who you're working with and how they're how they think what they're going to think about their business are they making the connections back to to how they work and how you need to deliver your your numbers for the year and um, I always think those are way more relevant interviews than you know and presentations than just sitting in what did she call it the Broadway the Broadway show <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Broadway production yeah. absolutely for sure yeah because it, it's not real neither neither's Broadway so <laughs> <laughs> you know I d there is always a hesitancy from the client side that when you get over pitched that you're missing something that um ah, there's something here it's just you know this isn't real. This can't last. I'm not going to see these people again. And it creates a, it, it's less partnership and, and more am I, am I, you know, is there a man behind or a woman behind the curtain that I'm not seeing that's pulling all the strings and, you know, it's just the wizard of Oz factor. Right. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned just a minute ago uh, that how the models are changing with more consultants and uh, various uh, types of agencies. Are you, th this is the, the wave that goes back and forth mm. between the AOR agency that does everything and they manage the vendors and they pull everything in and, and you just deal with them versus we have 10 agencies and they're specialists and they do, you know, this one is for retail execution and this one is for promotions and this one is for this. Um, and I'm sure you've worked with multiple models in your time. Um, where do you see that swing uh, heading again? I think people want to get big agency acumen, strategic thinking, and experience, but they don't want to pay the overhead. Mm -hmm. um, I think people are becoming smarter about 
their in the use of their internal resources, and I think that's playing out in the market now, where where directors and VPs of marketing for clients are looking up and going, "What are all these brand managers doing if they're not providing strategic thinking, if they're not process or process managing?" the agencies through the brand plan development or mm -hmm. strategic development of the, of the retail plan, <clears throat> excuse me. And they're looking to quantify the value of every partnership or vendor relationship that they have. And the agencies are being sucked into that. And, you know, I think where, where they start to run into trouble and I've been on this side as well is where they think, Oh, you know, we're just going to bring it all in house. And we're going to create a, an internal agency that you know, we'll have the brand team do the strategy and we'll have an internal creative team that, you know, we'll develop and we'll hire a handful of people that we think are really good and they'll do everything for us. And we'll, and that model can work, but it has to be with the right company. I, I would say it's more rare that it works than, mm -hmm. than um, more rare that it does work than it doesn't. It's uh, a lot of times what you end up finding is, and you talked about this at the top of the podcast is, what you're buying when you when you pull in creative people from outside or from an agency or strategic thinking from the outside or from an agency is you're buying a breadth of experience, um, both current and past. You have people that are working across multiple projects and they're creating connection points and they're seeing things that you're not seeing in the market because you're so hyper-focused as a client on your own business. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I don't know if I really answered the question, but I think it's... It, the, the the model is definitely shifting. The larger scale agencies are looking to bring in more strategic thinking so that they can help guide the process a little better from the inside. I think that they're looking for more client side experience on the agency side. Mm -hmm. um, but we can't lose sight of the fact that great creative is great creative. And when you right. see it and it works for your brand and it hits that sweet spot, when it's rooted in great strategy, the emotional connectivity that can happen for a brand in a market is so fast and so quick and, you know, so viral using, you know, a word from these days that, you know, all of a sudden the value and every, all the work that you did to try and quantify what this is, is just blown away because you go, I never expected that this would happen or that this one thing would catch fire. And, you know, that can be amazing, but, you know, unfortunately, those are few and far between. Most right. of it is the daily grind of trying to hit the numbers, making sure that your strategy makes sense, making sure that the creative lines up, making sure that your brand is really consistent, making sure that you're you're keeping pace with your core consumer and looking to expand that that group um, and looking for opportunities to do that. Mm -hmm. So it's um, I think you know, you'll, after we saw kind of mass consolidation into all the holding companies for the agencies, I think you'll start to see a few pop up. I don't know if they'll ever really go away in the short term that they'll have a bunch of smaller agencies under there, but I think you will start to see them come up with independent models and have a handful of selected clients that they work with that they are truly built to service those types of clients. So more mm -hmm. specialization probably would be yeah. my guess. Yeah. Being in the agency business, running an agency is incredibly fickle. It's really tough to do, um, especially if you so build up some brand. Steve. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I just saying from this perspective, uh, you know, th there's so many different factors. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, agencies 
uh, clients want more strategy. They want more proactive ideas. I think the number one thing that agencies, or excuse me, clients bitch about their agencies, they don't bring me enough new ideas or right. like proactive ideas. Yeah. Uh, and also, one thing I experienced having had a little bit of client experience myself is agency time and client time are vastly different. Right. It's like dog years. Yeah. You know, because uh, on the brand side, all you're thinking about is your brand, day right. in, day out. Whereas if you're in an agency, if you're lucky, you're staffed against one piece of business. More often, you're working on multiple pieces. You actually want to think about something, and you say, "Okay, I can have that to you in two weeks." And you're like, "Okay, that's an eternity." Yeah. You know, can we bring that back? Um, you know, so of course, the communication is key there. Uh, every agency wants to be at the next level up. They want to be treated like more strategic. They want to be seen as more important. They want to be up in this this different echelon. But you just hit the you just hit the nail on the head. There's no way, from a client side perspective, that they're ever going to be completely treated that way because of exactly what you said. They're stretched. They're on multiple pieces of business. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know there are large scale agencies with large-scale clients where they have teams of 30 people that are just dedicated to that one group. But even within that, those are, you know, many companies within themselves where yep. everybody has a specialization. Um, and so from the client side, you can never truly put as much time and, and effort into the business as they think they that they are versus the agency. Right. And so that's always going to create a gap, which is going to lead you down to, well, this mm -hmm. is just a vendor relationship. So... You know, I guess the question for, for not only us and for other agencies that are doing similar models to what we're doing is how do you, how do you bridge that gap? Mm -hmm. And I think um, you know, one of the things that, that I believe coming from the client side and what I'm trying to implement now is to think more deeply in the upfront about how are we specifically going to tackle this client? What, are the, what do they need from us? And not have them fit our model, but have our model fit them mm -hmm. and put the right people on it, build, build a bespoke team that is, whether it's heavy on strategy and less on creative, fine. If it's more heavy on creative and it's going to be a grind and it's going to be every single day and we're going to be doing a thousand different versions of stuff. If that's how they work, we need to understand that in the upfront because we'll build a group that will do that. Right. You know? And I think that's the way that you can most, closely align on what a quote unquote partnership model would look like is mm -hmm. because you're, you're filling in the gaps of their needs versus the other way around. Right. And ultimately, you know, it's that relation that's relationship that's so important and the communication there, the expectation set, um, because really taking, I know taking on an agency is certainly, it's an investment. It's incredibly important. Um, but it's 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 a two-way street because certainly taking on a client, um, you know, you want to put your resources at it. You want to specialize in their business. But the problem is if you don't diversify as an agency and you can't have too many eggs in one particular basket, if that agency or if that uh, client gets a new CMO and they always bring their, you know, agencies right. that they know, um, it's devastating yeah. to an agency. And that's, yeah, that's difficult. And you're seeing that play out in the, in the agency world in the news right now is, you know, people are having difficult time 
keeping up with the changes in, in the client's behavior, the client needs. And, you know, part of that is because they've built massive scale and kudos to them for doing it. But, you know, as people are becoming more fickle or looking for something different, the ability to flex up and flex down is going to be vitally important for, right. for the agency going forward. And that, that can be good for the, the freelance model. You know, so many more people are consulting or freelancing. And if you, you know, can, yeah, if you can manage the complexity right. and you have the right contacts, it can be amazing. Yeah. You know? Having somebody dedicated to just networking freelancers, bringing them in, working them, getting them going, having uh, good communication, taking care of them. I mean, I think that in itself is going to be a bigger and bigger role. Of course, right. it's you know an aspect of HR, right. but be really specializing in the freelance model. That could be you know or using it a as great a great spot for something. Yeah, it's exactly. just using it as a weapon. I mean, yeah. in essence, it's not that different than what you would get in a typical agency model. The couple differences. One is you're not having to pay for massive overhead for those people. Two is you can be a little bit more selective about who's right and who's wrong for that particular client. Yeah, that's the, the right tool for the right excited. job. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Well, we've hit about 40 minutes ish. Wow. That went fast. Yes, that went fast. Hopefully it went fast for anybody listening to this. And <laughs> oh, wasn't, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Will they just shut up? Either yes. Or, yeah. We know all this. Hit the alarm. It's time to yes. go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> go write your RFP. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many more like topics to cover within this and more stories that we could share. But, uh, you know, we may have to leave that for, uh, you know, some other podcast. Uh, I'm sure we you know, we'll hope to do many more. Um, but, you know, we would be interested in hearing any other perspectives that anyone listening to this podcast has uh, to share. So you can always hit fussmarketing.com, uh, find us on Facebook or LinkedIn, and uh, just hit us. Share uh, your perspective, your stories, where you think uh, the agency, client relationship, consulting, and, and all that good stuff is going. And we'd love to discuss it with you. We'd love to hear from you and have that much more perspective that we can share in the future. So until then, uh, this is Micah and Kevin, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you in the next one. Thanks for listening. <laughs>